Hi, and welcome to episode 104 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Aberbach, CEO and publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. This week, we are going to talk about Apple's suspected March 25th event. Apple hasn't officially announced it, but all of the major news networks are, uh, are have already basically announced it. <laughs> and it's interesting, this is going to be a services announcement. Usually, in the past few years, Apple has had iPad announcements in the spring. That's usually what we can, we can expect. But Apple's making an interesting pivot into services. So we'll be talking about a TV subscription service and a news subscription service that Apple is rumored to be coming out with. So stay tuned for that. Uh, first, we'll tell you about our sponsor for this episode. So I'm really excited to tell you guys about the sponsor because it's a new sponsor. Haven't had a chance to tell you about it. And it's also a product we love. It's by a company called Hyper. And they have what they claim is the world's first USB-C adapter for the iPad. And it actually won a Best of CS award from us. So mm. we love the product. Uh, and it's really cool because the new iPads, of course, have a USB-C dock at the bottom. Uh, and so you plug this in, and it has a whole bunch of different connection options. It's got USB-C-A, so the kind of the original USB-C if you want to connect something there. It's got a micro SD, so you can connect you could take, if you use a SLR camera, you could put in the micro SD chip there, HDMI. It's got a headphone jack, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> so really great product. Uh, they raised over a million dollars on Kickstarter for it, but it is now available. Um, so we're going to link to it at iphonelife.com slash podcast. Yeah, we're really excited about this because it allows you to transfer photos and videos onto your iPad Pro and also to connect to external monitors, things like that, that uh, I feel like if you're going to get the iPad Pro and spend that much on it, you want to have all these options that right. you can do with your iPad yeah, Pro. Yeah, part of the promise of the USB-C dock was that you could do this. You could actually connect an iPad to other devices like you yeah. would a computer, and we're in the early days of that. And so this is really great to see a new product come out that actually helps you do that, especially for things that are not USB-C, because we all know there's a lot of devices out there that are not USB-C yet, like an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we really we went all over the Consumer Electronics Show and didn't see hardly any products like this for the iPad. Yeah, I mean, exactly. no, no products exactly like this, but in general, not that much for the iPad Pro at all. It really is a unique product. They were very early yeah. to market on it. Hyper's been around for years, and they've done a really good job with it. Next up, I want to tell you about our Daily Tips newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you get a one-minute tip in your inbox every day teaching you something cool you can do with your device. It's uh, We have so many happy uh, subscribers mm -hmm. to this newsletter, and I'll tell you about one of our favorite tips uh, this week. So, how to make lock screen notifications private. This is a really kind of universal tip that I think everybody <laughs> should take advantage of. Um, when you have, especially when you have text messages popping up on your screen, you might not want other people who are looking at your phone to be able to read them or, you know, any, a private banking notification, things like that. So if you go into settings, notifications, you can set uh, each notification for each different app to only appear when your phone is unlocked. You can also customize it so that you never see the contents of your notifications unless you tap it and go to the notifying app which is actually what I've done for messages because uh, I, I, in general, I just want to see that I have a message from a specific person and I'm happy to go to the messages app to actually read it instead of 
having the possibility of other people reading those notifications. I love this tip. I think it's something that everybody should put some thought into. I'm, and I'm curious to see where, where you stand on this, Sarah. I'm a big fan of the face ID feature that it'll unlock the the message when I look at my phone. So I do have that on, but I also have mixed feelings because face ID is pretty good and it unlocks the message really quick. And sometimes yes. right. I unlock it to realize it's a message that I don't want people around me to see and it's too late. Yeah, I just pulled up the settings app to tell you exactly where it is. So settings, notifications, you'll see a full list of all your apps there. At the top, you can like set default settings for all your apps or you can go into the specific one and you'll see under options, it'll say show previews. So if you tap that, uh, if you say when unlocked, then depending on your device, if you have touch ID, it'll show you when you open it with your finger, face ID, obviously with your face. Um, but as David said, I was finding, I'll glance at my phone and the messages are, the message previews are popping up and still anybody nearby could read them while I'm holding my phone. And so I preferred to not have that happen. So I chose never instead of when unlocked. Mm -hmm. And one of my ongoing complaints with Apple that we talked about in the iOS 13 wish list is that there's, you can't have multiple logins for your phone. And so like I complain about, uh, my partner's son has learned to read uh, <laughs> and he likes to use my phone, especially on road trips to play games. And those text messages are popping up and my phone's unlocked and it really gives me anxiety. He can't read that well yet, but in a year or two, that setting's going to never. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, where do you stand on this? Um, I have them set to show when unlocked, but I'm with you. I'm not totally comfortable with that. Uh -huh. um, my kids are too old to use my phone. They use their own phones. But yeah, there's times when you just happen to like, glance at your phone and all of a sudden it's like let me show you what someone just texted you and yes yeah, yeah and the person sitting next to you uh-huh um do you guys what about your apple watch because i have a similar anxiety with my so apple watch i used to have it mm. that um previews on my phone were locked and un unless i had my phone unlocked and previews on my watch i could just see because i like seeing the previews because you can read the message usually without opening it and if you have read receipts on for that sender are red receipts. We decided it's red receipts. I'm sticking then with read receipts. It's red. Going it's red. a past tense I don't care. verb, David. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> if you have those receipts on, then they can tell that they can't tell that you've read it if you're just looking at the preview. Mm. Um, but the problem is now <laughs> images come through on text messages. Oh, they do on your on your watch. Yeah. Oh. And so you know, I'm like sitting there in meetings, and I don't. You know, I'm not getting crazy pictures, but it's like I don't necessarily want all my coworkers to see personal pictures that are being sent to yeah. me. So, um, so I turned them off on my watch as well. I hadn't even thought of that on my watch. So things are popping up, and like if you move your wrist in a specific way, it'll actually open the Messages app. Which right. that happened to me this morning. I was like, oh, why? You know, why am I in Messages? I didn't even mean to go there. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I just didn't. I it didn't occur to me that people were snooping on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, I feel like. You can, it's, the watch is not that perfect. Like you can see notifications sometimes of people's watches, even if it's not like in front of their face. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's a tricky area between convenience and privacy on this one. Yeah, it is. Can we make this our question of the week? Yeah. What do you guys have your settings on in terms of uh, notifications? Do they show always? Do they show only when your phone's unlocked? Or do they never show up? And same with your Apple Watch. Send us an email, podcast at iphonelife.com. 
All right, cool. So if you enjoyed learning a tip like this, uh, you can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips and just in one minute a day, greatly improve how you're using your phone. Uh, next up, I wanna tell you about our iPhone Life Insider program. And uh, not only is this an amazing way to get the most out of your device, it's our premium monthly membership uh, and you get in-depth guides, you get a digital subscription to our magazine and our full archive. It's been you know many years now, so it's over 30 issues that you get access to. You get personal help with your tech problems when you send in uh, your questions. You also get a, the insider version of this podcast, so you get exclusive content and an ad-free experience. But also, it's a great way to support us. We're an independent publishing company. We, uh, we're not affiliated with Apple. Some people <laughs> don't realize that always. So becoming an insider is a great way to be part of the iPhone Life community and support what we're doing. So if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy other our free daily, news, uh, daily tips newsletter and you want to support us, this is the best way to do it. So we also have a special discount for uh, our podcast listeners. It's $5 off our the regular subscription price. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount to get that's our special thank you for being a podcast listener and you can become an insider at a discounted rate and we have a new thing we're going to start doing on our episodes we're going to start thanking the people who or can't thank all of them but we're going to pick a <laughs> few people to thank each episode who went and subscribed yes. from the podcast so first of all james ferry Thanks, thank you james. very much <laughs> gail and i'm gonna butcher your last name i'm sorry Zulke? Would we say Zulke on that? Sure. She can Thank you, know. Gail. Yeah. And apologies Paul, for your how we pronounced your last name. Paul Ernzen. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who went and subscribed. We really appreciate it. The, like Donna said, iPhone Life Insider is the main way that we monetize this company. It's the main way that allows us to create all this content for you. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much to those who went and subscribed. And if you feel inspired, please go subscribe to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you will get a really nice discount. All right. Awesome. So moving right along, we are now we are going to have Sarah tell us how she helped one of our insider members this week with one of their questions. I don't know how helpful it was, but maybe hopefully it was informative. And also, coincidentally, it is very much related to the tip of the day that you shared. <laughs> um, so an insider wrote me and said, is there a way to password protect individual apps, i.e. I don't want someone accessing my messages so I can have it set to a password or face ID. So the bad news is no, you can't password protect your uh, your messages app, you might be able to use a third-party app that lets you, um, but then you have to get the other people to also use that app. Um, Apple, I think a lot of people would really like the option to choose to enable um, you know, Face ID or some kind of passcode on their native Apple apps. And Apple's yeah, really, really cool. Apple's really failing on that. Um, you know, like you can lock specific notes, but not if it has a video in it. You can't lock the hidden photos album in your photos app. Photos um, needs to be locked. Yeah, and like Let's really, call people <laughs> people are concerned about the privacy of their messages. I mm -hmm. hear about that a lot. And and as you pointed out, sometimes other people are looking at your phone, whether it's a child, or for instance, sometimes people do like work presentations and use their phones to like screencast <laughs> yes. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I actually had a situation with 
my ex-husband years ago where he was giving a work presentation and I didn't say anything crazy. I was just like, hey, sweetie, love you. And of course, like the entire office saw this <laughs> message and he was like, I'm at, at, in the middle of something at work. You know, there was a time difference. I didn't mean to text him at work. Um, so and, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I have a solution. Okay. Um, you can, in addition to what uh, Donna was telling you, you know, turning off, you know, locking the screen previews on your lock screen or, you know, making it so they only show up if it's locked. But you can also turn off the banners and previews altogether so that um, if someone is looking at your phone, you, you know, there might be, you can keep the badges on the app icon, but the previews won't show up on the screen. So if someone else is looking at your phone, they would actually have to go and open the app and like look for them purposefully, which some people will do. Um, <laughs> but it decreases the odds greatly of someone accidentally seeing something you don't want them to see. Um, another thing is you should really just make sure that your phone's secure. Um, a lot of, you know, when people have their identity stolen or personal information stolen, it's actually often people they know who do it, which means someone you know who might have access to your phone. So it's really important to have a really strong passcode and use it. I mean, it's amazing how many people just have the passcode turned off because it's inconvenient for mm -hmm. them. Um, it's more inconvenient to have your things, you know, private information taken. <laughs> um, and you should set auto lock on, which I'm a hypocrite. I do not have auto lock on. Um, hey, auto lock's important. But yeah, the you should set it for, you know, 30 seconds would be the most secure where it will automatically lock, go to sleep and lock after, you know, inactivity. But you should probably have it turned on. Um, and so that will also make it harder for people to access your private information. But also, Apple really needs to make this an option. Mm -hmm. so, I think so, too. So it wasn't like an ideal you know, answer. You, there are third-party apps that will lock apps, but you'll have to jailbreak your phone, which is a terrible idea and actually compromises your security way more than well, anything I wonder, else. Are there messages apps that do that, though? Because like banking apps do that. Like You can use Face ID, or um, I have a journaling app that's you know, Face ID protected. I wonder I'm if there are. I'm pretty sure there are. There's definitely messaging apps that are much more secure. And like, then yeah. So my guess is you can do that without some apps without jailbreaking. But it's no, what not I mean is like oh. an app that will lock your other apps for you. Oh yeah. No, oh, you can't okay. have that. Yeah. Um, I will say that that's a step farther than I'm willing to go. Because <laughs> no. like, it's like, I don't, I want, I need to know when I get a text message. Like, if you right. turn that off, just to warn you, you will not know when you get a text message and you have to go manually check your, your text messages to see. And a lot of text messages are timely and that so would really stress me out. What you can do when you hand your phone off to your child is you can manage the notifications so they're delivered quietly mm -hmm. and then turn them back on after so i mean you, you could turn previews and you know banners off and then turn them back on but um what you do is you can either go into notifications and you know to those settings um you can either access it by going to the app settings itself and then tapping on notifications or you can go to notifications and settings and finding the app and you can and you can manage those to be delivered quietly, which means they go directly to your notification center and don't show up on your screen. Um, and then when you're ready to turn them back on, you can just open up the notification center, which if your phone's locked, you swipe up 
um, from the bottom of the screen for an iPhone 10. I'm not sure for phones that have home buttons um, what you do. And or you can swipe from the top left of your iPhone with no home button. I'm really like need to brush up on what happens <laughs> with iPhones with home buttons because I've forgotten. And then you swipe left on that notification that you want to have delivered prominently again and choose that option. I will say while we're on the topic of embarrassing things that happen when you don't have your privacy settings set up properly, uh, iMessage is now across the board. So something that happens to me a lot is I will, I don't tend, other than my partner's son, I don't tend to have a lot of people just staring at my phone for hours on end, but I do have people sitting with me while I work a lot, or I will use my computer to project onto a, a large screen while I'm showing stuff. And my text messages come up. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a so you can do the same things. There's two things you can do. First of all, you can turn off the preview, which I recommend doing, even though I'm embarrassed to say I don't think I did. Uh, the second no, thing, you know, <laughs> everyone's like, I no, no, no. I read all your messages. But I have yeah. seen messages popping up. I feel like we also have an office <laughs> environment where we all know everything about each other's personal lives anyway. No um, <laughs> but the other thing is, and this I do do is. I will put my computer into do not disturb mode if okay, I know I'm projecting that. And a lot of people don't know yeah, that. I didn't know yeah. how so to do that. If you have a Mac and you're using iMessage or anything that has notifications you don't want coming up, on the all the way on the right hand corner, there's kind of what they call the hamburger menu, like the three lines. If you tap on that, it it will pull over your uh, notification center and all the way on the top, and actually I think you have to scroll up, it by default won't show it to you, there's a toggle for do not disturb. Yeah, it's super handy. That's really yeah. convenient. Now there's a double-edged sword with this in terms of convenience. It automatically turns off after I think 24 hours. So I don't think you can just leave it on permanently, at least not from mm. that setting. But also don't forget about it and not see notifications that you're relying on seeing too. So. Privacy, guys, it's it's a lot to navigate. You can yeah. also turn on Do Not Disturb within the Messages app on the Mac for individual people. So yeah, okay, that's that's good to know too. Yeah, <laughs> I, right, I love cool. it. You guys are like, no, you don't have your previews turned off. <laughs> okay, no. let's move right along. Okay, moving along. So I wanted to read out uh, one comment from a listener for our iOS 13 episode. We recently had an episode where we had you all let us know what iOS 13 features you were hoping for. Um, and that was based off of, I believe, a, a daily tips message that Sarah uh, put out in our daily tips newsletter. So we had a couple people write in extra iOS 13 fe features they're wanting. So I wanted to let you know what those were. We had Mike write in, he wants to be reminded to not leave his phone behind using his Apple Watch. So right now there's a feature on your Apple Watch that lets you, from your control center, ping your iPhone if it's within Bluetooth range. So you can locate your phone that way. I use it all the time. But he was saying it'd be nice to take that an extra step. And if you're, you, you know, going outside, if you're far from your iPhone, that you would get some sort of notification. Uh, when it loses was, the connection to your iPhone? Yes, I think that was what it was. I can just read. But um, that's a really good idea. Yeah, because he, he, he wants a reminder to not leave his phone behind. So it, it doesn't remind you based on proximity whether left the whether you left the house or office without putting your iPhone in your pocket. It's common to leave your iPhone on the charger when not in use. My watch goes on immediately in the morning and stays on. I was an early Apple Watch adopter and was disappointed when there was no proximity reminder app built in, especially since the Apple Watch relied on tethering to the iPhone to work optimally. And I do kind of manually 
do this. Like if I can't find my phone, the first thing I do, even before I beat my phone, is I look at my Apple Watch and I see if it's connected. And if it's not, I know my Apple Watch is anywhere near me. So yeah. like being notified when that disconnection happens would be really nice because 90% yeah. of the time it's by accident. Especially for people who don't have a cellular Apple Watch. Yes. Right. So. And sometimes you don't realize, I mean, I've gone to work and, you know, if you've connected to Wi-Fi before via your iPhone on your Apple Watch, then then the next time you're in that Wi-Fi network, even if you don't have your phone with you, you'll still be getting iMessages and things mm -hmm. like that because your Apple Watch will connect to known Wi-Fi networks. And so it can take a while to realize you don't have your phone. Yeah. It's um, such a weird experience when you know you don't have your phone and you start having messages pop up and you're like, how does it know? And then you're like, oh, Wi-Fi. <laughs> I usually yeah. like end up leaving my phone in my car, which, you know, there's not a lot of crime where we live, mm -hmm. but I don't particularly want to just like leave my phone in plain sight in my car, yeah. which I sometimes forget to lock, you know? So, um, yeah, I would appreciate that. I agree. So thanks, Mike. I think let's it's time to get into our main theme. Uh, we want to talk about this March 25th event where all kind of excited about it. So first, let's talk about what we've heard, what we know so far about the event. Uh, what we're hearing is that there's going to be a TV subscription service announced, but that it's not going to be available until as, er like, as early as this summer, as late as this fall, and that Apple will also be announcing a news subscription service, what they're calling like the Netflix for news, uh, and that that should be $10 a month and should be available soon, at least. So what are you guys excited about with this? <laughs> um, I don't know how excited I am. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about the new subscription thing. Theoretically, I like being able to access, you know, there's a limit to how many subscriptions I can have to different magazines and news sources, and I want to support them by subscribing, so I do to some of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of exciting to have one subscription that's you know just easier to manage. At the same time, I'm not really impressed with, I'm kind of concerned about the way that Apple has gone about, a, the rumor is that they're asking for 50% mm -hmm. of the revenue, and then the other 50% would be split among the different publishers, depending on you know, how many views they get. Um, that part, you know, splitting it according to views is fine, but 50% is a lot, especially a lot. when you consider a lot of major publishers are laying people off right now. And I'm just, I really appreciate high quality news and just high quality, you know, reporting in general. And, and I feel like I'm concerned that if I subscribe to this, that maybe I'll be playing a part in like accelerating the demise of like good news reporting. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, things are changing. Like it was a big deal when iTunes, you know, and digital music became a thing. Um, but I know a lot of publishers feel the same way. There's a lot of resistance reportedly from various large mm -hmm. publishers who can't come to an agreement with Apple. Um, yeah, 50% seems really well, high. And in addition, they won't share, you know, like, contact information like email addresses which a lot of publishers use to market themselves to their you know to continue that relationship and build it with their subscribers iphonelife.com slash daily tips <laughs> uh, right? yeah well and i think it i agree i i'm as a publisher a little bit apprehensive about that and it depends how you look at it if if you look at it like an additional revenue stream then it's nice because it's yeah. like you're getting 
people who may have not visited your site to potentially read an article and Apple's paying you some revenue there. And there's a lot of places out there like Flipboard, for example, I think they do pay now, but they went years without paying publishers anything. Uh, and so, you know, if you think of it in that mold, then I think that's nice. If you think of it, the problem though is Apple's so big and powerful that if you think about it as potentially cannibalizing traffic that may have already been going to your site, well, then that gets kind of concerning because you get 100% of the ad revenue that goes to your site. I think the biggest thing for me though as a consumer is I think what this means, what I would love to see is sort of a uh, hybrid model, kind of like a, so like a cable model for news services. Because I subscribe to a few news services and I'm always kind of like unsubscribing from one so I could pay for the other and vice versa. And I would love to have like I pay one price and I get like the, the news services that I want and maybe I get a little discount. That would be great. But I think what's going to happen here is – Publishers may be willing to take their free content and give them to Apple, but nobody is taking content that was going to be behind a paywall and give them to Apple to be in the service. So I actually don't know that I agree that they're, you're saying that you don't think they're going to be giving paid content away because um, I know like Apple uh, acquired Texture a mm -hmm. while back, which already has magazine subscriptions in there. So presumably those would be offered through this service. Yeah, And then that's like true. rumors I was reading was that they would be working with newspapers too. Okay, but that it seems more up in the air and maybe less likely because like as like the Wall Street Journal, for instance, that's really expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't can't remember the yearly rate for that, but it's like hundreds of dollars. So it seems unlikely we're gonna get the Wall Street Journal if for a time. <coughs> included in a $10 a month subscription, probably not the New York yeah. Times either. Yeah. If there was that or the Washington Post and then also a bunch of magazines, I would be super excited about that from a consumer standpoint, you know, because at least like if Apple can start normalizing paying for what you're reading, because I think a lot of people still don't pay anything, mm -hmm. like they're not buying, supporting right. any journalism really. Um, that could be actually a positive thing for publishers, and I'm excited about that possibility. But, um, you know, I'm skeptical that they'll get newspapers on board. And I'm also, I agree with you, Sarah, that if they're taking 50%, it's like, how much is that really helping the publishing industry? Well, and I think it, like, yeah, I, I see, I feel like as a consumer, this could be great for me. I'm also concerned about what it could do to the publishing industry, which would, in the long run, be bad for me as a consumer. Yeah. Um, but it's hard journalism. to know exactly. I mean, it, there's just like clearly a shift in how we consume and pay for different kinds of media. And it's happening whether people want it or not. And it's really hard to guess what's going to happen in the long run with this, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. I think it's hard for me to uh, put on my consumer hat on this one because I'm so entrenched in my <laughs> publisher hat. It sticks with me. Uh, I think Apple... Uh, when Apple, the iPad first came out and they came out with Apple Newsstand, that, that was supposed to revolutionize magazine publishing and save the industry, and it really didn't. And not only that, but Apple then went on to kind of screw over publishers by then getting rid of Apple Newsstand, and they kind of buried everything. So people invested all this energy into building subscriptions digitally, and then they just didn't work out very well. So I'm a little bit skeptical that Apple can pull all of this off. Um, and the 50% definitely gives me pause. But that being said, 
we are, I, I appreciate that publishing is in a time where experimentation is necessary and hopefully beneficial yeah. to consumers. And I do think that consumers are getting used to paying for content, iphonelife.com slash insider. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that really helps. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It would be cool if people started to recognize, like like TV streaming now, people are so used to paying for mm-hmm. Netflix and Hulu. And if it did become something that people were used to paying for, like having subscription services for all the reading they're doing. And the same with books. People are used to paying for that now between Audible and Kindle and things like that. But somehow people don't think they should pay for news mm-hmm. or magazines. So I guess maybe I'm a little more hopeful than than you are, David, that this could take off and maybe inspire people, I don't know, other companies too. Maybe it won't just be Apple doing things like this. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping that they get some newspapers in there and, yeah. it's not, and that it's not just a repackaged texture. Because I also, for me with magazines, I prefer print. I really like, like if I, I uh, have a fast company, I have Fast Company and Wired at home, things like that, and I like being able to like turn the pages. Mm-hmm. That's just a personal preference. Maybe we should talk about the TV streaming. Now. Yeah. So, uh, and this one's super. Apple's been sort of teasing this for a while because they've been had uh, they've made deals with different. Like they've we already know that they've been working on original content, TV wise, um, but now it's looking like they're going to have their own TV streaming service. Uh, the rumor is that that'll be available. I think. July is what some people are saying, but maybe as late as this fall. And that it would probably feature original content and then also deals with HBO. I was reading in Showtime. I doubt that they'll be able to make deals with Netflix or Hulu, but maybe. <laughs> so it would be potentially with one subscription, you can access at least some of the different networks, maybe some cable content, and then also a bunch of Apple original shows. Mm-hmm. Which Have you guys been excited by any of the shows that Apple's supposed to be working on? I don't I mean not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've heard some rumors of interesting names attached to projects, a lot of money being invested. That all sounds cool. Uh, what are you, like what have you heard any particular shows? Well, there's a thriller series by I'm going to botch the name um M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. Shyamalan. Yeah. And I I mean I I really liked Sixth Sense. Yeah, <laughs> but that, it was all downhill for M Night Shyamalan after that. I saw Glass <laughs> recently and I do not recommend seeing Glass. Uh, <laughs> um they made a deal with Oprah. Okay. Yes, uh, sound interesting. I heard JJ. Yeah, JJ Abrams. I heard who did uh, Lost and Star Trek. I think I'm. I, I guess I'm just in a skeptical mood today. <laughs> I'm so skeptical. Yeah, I have. David's my, on a juice fast. I know. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I'm doing a juice fast, and I'm just kind of angry right now. <laughs> David is a very hangry person, and so yeah. I think I, in my defense, I probably would have been skeptical anyway. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> so my thing is, you know, like I kept seeing the word when I was like sort of researching the rumors. I kept seeing the word curate. And, like, I really mm. hate Apple's curated playlists. I think they, like, <laughs> you know, I the problem with them is they're almost too perfect, these curated playlists, because <laughs> some of the best playlists, you know, that you find, say, on Spotify, where people create their own playlists and put them out there, and now on Apple you can share your playlists publicly. Like, they're just, you know, they'll have an unexpected song, or they, like, break the rule of, like, okay, it's this genre, but I'm going to throw this in, or, like, I'm mostly music from the 90s, but I'm throwing this song from, like, 2000 in, and it kind of, like, I don't know, Apple's curated playlists are just, 
I feel like I'm being told what I should like. It feels like, you know, <laughs> the like classic literature books that you're told you have to read if you're mm-hmm. like an intelligent, like well-educated, well-read person and nobody likes them because they're <laughs> bad. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like it's like that. And I, and I don't want to watch shows like that. I don't have a lot of time to watch shows and I want to just. What do you think they mean by curating TV? I don't know. I just like Apple's use of the word curate in the past has not led to good results. Has not panned out for you. I I think I'm going to disagree with you there. I mean, I am a firm believer in Spotify, so I believe you that Apple Music's playlists aren't great. But to me, the thing that Apple could do that nobody else is doing is not create original content. We're in like the golden age of original content. And sure, if Apple produces a good show, I'll try to watch it. But like what Apple can do is they're first and foremost a tech company. And I want them to like come up with a tech solution. And it scares me that they're investing money in original content. Like what I want is for them to find a way to make watching TV easier and better for me. And I think that like allowing the companies that are first and foremost uh, content companies to produce the content makes so much more sense to me. I mean, I think the problem was, and the reason there's been delays, is because Apple wanted such a large percentage of yeah. the profits. And so that's why they had trouble getting people, other profit content creators, to work with them. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a like common theme with Apple. Um, yeah, I guess like one, we framed this question a couple of different ways, because I, I, this kind of what you're getting at, David, is what would we want from a TV service? Mm-hmm. Like how, how could Apple actually improve the way that we watch TV? Right now, pretty much people are either they still have cable and they still have a few different streaming services like Netflix or Hulu. A lot of people have completely cut the cord and no longer are subscribing to cable and are getting everything they need either from Netflix or Hulu or finding other solutions like YouTube TV that my husband uses that it's like $30 a month and you get base it's basically cable <laughs> um, and you get all the live sports and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Sling TV is another option for sports, but uh, our COO Noah has Sling TV and said the user interface is pretty crappy for that. And it's um, uh, basically like you can like TiVo your uh, live shows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, my answer to that question is that I, I am excited about more original content potentially, but it would be cool if they were able to bring together different TV streaming services mm-hmm. into one package because now I don't want to have to manage like five different subscription services. I don't know that I want to pay for five either. So if Apple could make it more affordable and still be able to have a package of different, like facilitate access to Netflix, Hulu, plus Apple original content that would be compelling for me. So kind of like Amazon allows you to, you know, with your Prime subscription, pay a little more and get certain, like HBO. Showtime or HBO. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's exactly what I would want. And I would want it all pulled in, and I would want it included live TV so that I could just get rid of my cable service and have it be. Because what Apple does so well is great user interfaces. Like, I love my Apple TV. Me too. I actually had a smart TV that I caved and bought the Apple TV for because I just hated the other user interface. And I think they could bring a lot to the table in terms of unifying because everybody's watching shows across so many different services right now. Uh, and we all like like sharing each other's logins and like have access to Hulu and HBO and Netflix and Amazon and like pulling all of that in, adding live TV and throwing in a few original shows, I think would be great. Can I throw out kind of a crazy idea? I'm going to sure. look up these numbers. Do it. Netflix ha- is the, um, I'm pulling it up. 
their market cap is $157 billion. Apple has $250 billion cash on hand. Like, Apple could just straight up buy Netflix and then wow. not invest in any of this. And they're reportedly investing already a billion dollars in original content. Mm. So... I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever seen there it's was like a Apple, yeah, why why don't we should write them a letter telling yeah. them they should do that? There was a comedy video and I, I almost wanna like embed it in the podcast article like blog post where this guy is like, you know, working on his computer feverishly in the middle of the night and his wife comes out and he's What are you doing? He's like, I'm so behind and it turns out he's not behind in work, he's behind on like all the shows you're supposed to be watching. <laughs> and uh, you know, like so I kind of have that feeling when I think about like another streaming yeah. service and I'm supposed to watch like all these like highly regarded shows. <laughs> Clearly I feel a lot of pressure to consume content that I don't have time for. <laughs> I also want to pose like I think one of the more interesting questions at hand is actually more uh, how this affects Apple's future and their business model because this is such feels like a pretty radical departure for me. Yeah. I don't know that Apple has ever had an announcement that focused on services. Like, I can't remember one. Apple is a consumer electronics company. Yeah, I know we've talked about it, or, or I, either on the podcast or in personal conversations, how Apple is so different from other tech companies and that most tech companies make money from services and software because, or there's not as much usually a profit margin on devices because mm -hmm. they're expensive to produce. But Apple's sort of been in its own category that way for so long. But now, potentially, if, if it's you know, saturated the market enough where it's not going to be able to continue to grow iPhone sales forever in a huge way. And I don't they know. have to find yeah. ways to profit elsewhere. Well, I don't know how successful the price raises were either in terms of, like, maybe they hit a <laughs> limit for some people, you know? The yeah, timing like of, how expensive can they get? Yeah, and the timing of this is fascinating because Apple just released guidance that they were expecting a below-average Q1. And so, you know, and I think I heard somewhere like iPhone sales are going to be down about 15% year over year, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, part of that is uh, related to China, but a lot of it is related or could be related to the fact that iPhones are a pretty mature market. If you spend $1,000 or even $1,200 on a new iPhone, it's a lot harder than it used to to then go buy that phone the next year. Yeah, yeah. well, and for me, I mean... Like, I feel almost obligated to get the newest iPhone every year, but honestly, there was not enough of a difference between the 10 and the 10s that I felt like I'd be missing out on anything if I didn't go buy that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think this is the thing that really gets me. It's like, I get that the pace of innovation for the iPhone is slowing. It's like, how many, how far can you push this? But, and, and I hate this trope of like, what would Steve Jobs do? But what Steve Jobs did was when that happened in an, interest, in an industry, he found a new industry to go and disrupt. And that's what made Apple such a great company. That's what made all of us such big fans of Apple. And like, I get why Tim Cook is trying to diversify his revenue streams. I get why services makes a lot of sense. It's a really fast growing part of Apple's business. Like it's outpacing almost every other part. Apple Music's been a success. Yeah. yeah, but like part of me just like cringes feeling like some of the magic of Apple's lost if they just become trying to diversify their revenue streams as opposed to create the next great product. And it's, it's like to me it feels a little bit like are they just accepting that now that Steve Jobs is gone that they can no longer do that? Because they mm -hmm. haven't. Like they have not disrupted an industry in the same way since. 
you know, and you hear all these rumors of them trying cars and VR, but they aren't doing it. And part of me feels like maybe this is an acceptance that the Apple that we all fell in love with is sort of evolving to what is maybe a more mature company model, but a, less, a lot less exciting for me to follow. I could see that. And you were also mentioning yesterday that you haven't loved Apple's services. Yeah. Like, or Apple has like struggled to get it right, at least at first. Like Apple Maps was not yeah. awesome. iCloud, I feel like, is now a lot more user-friendly than it used to be, but not historically. They get Which it I right. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like that's been really where, they've, where they shine. Although I guess how everything ties all together is really mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, I mean, I just was thinking the other day about how <laughs> like iTunes... I mean, they're getting people away from using iTunes because it's just like the worst. The, the worst. <laughs> but they took away one of the best features, like for managing your iPhone, that I hear about all the time from readers. Like, how can I like organize my apps like quickly and easily? You know, like this dragging thing is just really annoying. And it used to be you could just go into iTunes and like just move all your apps around and delete some or download a whole bunch onto your phone mm -hmm. just with your computer, which is just much easier. And they took that sort of thing away. And I don't know, it's just, it seems like a small feature, but it was so huge in terms of convenience. It was like pretty much the only thing I used iTunes for. I'm like, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. It's well, not, now it's you can't. Now you can't. Okay. And the workaround is you get like something like a you know, a, a enterprise management software for your family's iPhones, and then, and then you can like <laughs> yeah, move all your apps around. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree. I mean, I, I guess with these new services, I'm more excited. I don't love Apple Music. I mm -hmm. pr much prefer Spotify. So I am a little skeptical of like a Apple's execution if it'll be that great. Do you guys use Apple News as it is now? Because I'm assuming it's going to be like wrapped into the yeah. existing Apple News app. Never. Um, I just subscribe directly to the services I like. I, mm. I'll scroll through it, um, but it's, you know, yeah, I subscribe to, to um, services that I like as well and have like sites bookmarked. So it's kind of like it's one of the apps I visit when I'm wanting to catch up on the news. But Cool. Well, the last thing we wanted to cover with this announcement was just if we think there'll be any hardware announced. I, what I was reading is no. Like the AirPower oh, Mat, really? we're not going to get. We're not going to get the new AirPods. So that this is going to be just what, the services. What What do you think about like maybe an iPhone SE two? I I didn't think so, but I've got all my hopes and dreams pegged on the AirPods two. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I know. I'm I know. For. Me too. I mean, one thing is when Apple has like these sorts of announcements, like they'll sometimes be like, oh, and by the way, we're releasing this new, not very like excited, you know, update to some device. And they'll just like sort of mention it offhand and that's it. So it's usually not a big deal. Mm. So I could see them doing like an SE2. Um, All the rumors I was reading were like, don't expect anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but, but I, yeah, I wouldn't count on any hardware. That's sad. Yeah. iPhone SE 2, I haven't even heard anything about that. Really? Yeah, I hadn't either. I have heard a lot of rumors mm. about that that is like they're bringing that back. I've yeah. heard rumors of an iPad mini, which I know our audience really wants an well, iPad mini. Yeah, yeah, Apple just keeps trying to like the people who like those compact devices really like them. And Apple keeps trying to be like, you just really want a giant phone yeah. or an iPad. And, <laughs> and people, you know, they like what they like. And These are not the devices you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, for some reason that's not working. Um, so... You know, I mean, like they did. That's why they have the SE in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then they decided not to continue, you know, developing that and updating it. 
but now maybe the rumors are maybe they will. Well, we'll have to stay tuned for March 25th. We'll be uh, you know, keeping an eye out. If you go to iPhoneLife.com, we'll let you know once Apple has officially announced the date. So we'll, because right now at this point, it's very likely, but Apple hasn't sent out official invites yet. It's right. uh, rumored to happen at the Steve Jobs Theater. So we could have spent this whole episode talking about it and <laughs> it will never happen. Who knows? We'll let you know. Yeah, but my guess is it will. <laughs> All right, I think that's all we have time for today. So remember that our question of the week is, David. <laughs> question of the week. What do you have your privacy settings set for for notifications? Both oh, yeah. for your for Apple previews. Watch and for your phone. Yeah, for the previews. Are you comfortable with people seeing the previews anytime when your phone's unlocked or never? podcast at iphonelife.com also one small favor that really goes a long way if you can please like and not like if you can rate our podcast yes. on the podcast app it helps other people discover it we really appreciate it it makes a big difference thank you all thanks and remember to get five dollars off a subscription to iphone life insider go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount we'll see you next episode thanks everyone thanks everyone